Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for those who lead in God's church. I'm Andrew Cook. It's good to have you with us. In the series on Ephesians, we reach the end of chapter 4. And Malcolm Ryan joins us in A Pastor Talks. Here on Serving Today, we're learning from Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. It's good to have Ray Tibbs, who's helping us with this. We're coming to the end of the fourth chapter, and here's Ray to tell us what we're going to study this time. Yes, we'll be looking at chapter 4, verse 25, to the beginning of chapter 5, when the apostle maintains the contrast between the godless behaviour which is to be rejected by believers and the godly behaviour which is to be adopted by believers. He selects some examples from life amongst the people of God in verses 25-32 and provides a motivation for each one. The theme of this section is members of one body. And so we begin with a Christian attitude in verse 25. Which reads, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In each section we will be contrasting what it means to put off something and then to put on something and make a statement as to why those things are being done. So here, first of all, Paul exhorts, put off falsehood. We are no longer living a lie and must not use lies for our advantage. Instead, we put on truthfulness. We must be transparent and honest. We must treat honesty with respect. And we do this as members of one body. Gossip, exaggeration or unreliability betrays a wrong attitude to others. The foot may be blind, but the eye will not allow the foot to walk into danger. Then comes Christian emotion in verses 26 and 27. In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So here we put off uncontrolled anger. We must not become angry too easily and or retain our anger. Instead, we put on righteous indignation. There are justifiable causes for anger sometimes, but we must control our feelings. And as we do these things, it's because we should not give Satan any opportunities. The work of the devil can be recognised and resisted. We must prevent him from destroying our unity. And next, Paul moves on to Christian action in verse 28. 
Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. And so we must put off stealing. Perhaps we could be stealing from the church or our family by not giving them the time that they need. We should put on usefulness to make a contribution to the whole body that will help relieve the burden of others. And we do this, both these things, to help those in need. Our renewed mind should make us less selfish and therefore willing to give for the benefit of others rather than protect what we consider to be ours. In verse 29, Paul moves on to Christian speech. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So, we put off unwholesome talk. Hurtful comments, bad language or coarse jokes have no place amongst Christians. Instead, we put on helpful words. We should speak according to the needs of others, not according to our need to impress them. And we do these things in order to build others up. Our words should show the sense of responsibility we have towards each other. We pass on to them something of the good we have received ourselves. Everyone is undeserving. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to help. Next comes Christian conduct, verses 30 through to the second verse of the next chapter. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. These are summary verses which take us into the next chapter. And they provide a Trinitarian motivation for living in the way that has been described. So we see that we are sealed by the Spirit. Like us, the Spirit is grieved when he is ignored. We can easily deny his purpose and presence and undo his work if we're not careful. Next, we are forgiven by God the Father. God has shown favour to us and treated us graciously. Instead of putting us away from himself, he has built in direct and positive benefits to our lives. Our past has not simply been removed, it has been replaced 
by something infinitely better. This forgiveness is to be consciously reproduced in us to the rest of the people of God. And so also we are loved by Christ. His sacrifice has achieved this change in us. If we remain unchanged, not putting off or putting on, we deny the reality of what Christ has done for us. Ray, many thanks indeed. Here on Serving Today, it's good to have Malcolm Ryan join us in the series A Pastor Talks. During the 8th century BC, there lived a very popular king whose reign saw much prosperity in the land. His name was Uzziah, and he ruled the southern Israelite kingdom of Judah for 52 years. The only thing was, he became rather big-headed about his achievements and this led to God striking him down with leprosy. For a start, this reminds us that however successful we might become, we should always conduct ourselves with humility while giving honour and praise to God. And now that Uzziah is dead, someone who loved and respected him, namely the prophet Isaiah, isn't too sure about the nation's future. So it's with much uncertainty that he enters the temple to be with God. In that place of worship, his spiritual eyes are opened, and he sees the Lord in a new light. For it's here that Isaiah realises that the true king of the nation is not dead, and that therefore whatever had been achieved during Uzziah's reign was all down to God's sovereign will and grace. In the book of Isaiah, at the beginning of chapter 6, the prophet recalls, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Isaiah had lost his earthly king, and he was sad about that. But then he caught a fresh glimpse of the king of kings. To be precise, the person Isaiah sees is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because in John chapter 12, verse 41, we're told that Isaiah saw Jesus' glory. Even though, like everyone else, human rulers will eventually return to dust, Psalm 146, verse 10, gives us this assurance. The Lord reigns forever. And right now, with this truly awesome vision of God, we're at a crisis point in Isaiah's earthly walk. A spiritually enriching and at the same time challenging moment during which his prophetic call is confirmed. God is on the throne that's above all others. And in attendance, Isaiah further recalls, were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. Seraphs were all around the throne, and with their name meaning burning ones, they burned with a passion for God's glory. As for Isaiah, 
rather than thinking how worthy he must be to have this exclusive insight, he experiences a reality check. And in verse 5 he cries out, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Now isn't it true that the closer we get to God, the more clearly we see our sinfulness? That's because the contrast between His holiness and our ungodliness makes us vividly aware of just how far short we fall. So as we see the spotless perfection of God through Isaiah's vision, let's understand that, as 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 says, If we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son will purify us from every sin. That's a wonderful promise on which to end our time together here on Serving Today. Our thanks to both Malcolm Ryan and Ray Tibbs. If you would like to contact us about anything you've heard, the details follow in a moment. It would be lovely to hear from you. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God bless you as you serve Christ. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us... The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.